I were any better, I'd be a retired liberal cabinet cabinet minister. That's how good I'm doing this morning, David. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to kind of jump into some of the policy points and, you know, talk about the Libertarian Party um, and what it'll look like in the upcoming election. And so we decided to start with something easy and talk about yeah. abortion. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on abortion, I guess, to start, because I really don't know what the, let's say, maybe standard libertarian view of it is. And it is one of the hardest things to figure out still because it is the definition of life, right? And and right. I mean, I'm also interested in kind of the libertarian view of government protections for minors and, and you know, that kind of thing as well. What's the balance there? Um, mm. But we'll start with abortion um, and then maybe right. we'll do another episode on minors generally. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh boy, here we go. Um... Okay, so I, you know, abortion is in the news. There, there's been some controversial laws passed in the states recently. There's been some heated debates online, and um, it it's difficult to watch both sides, right? Both for pro life and pro choice thing, because you know my my thinking is this: like the the pro uh, pro choice side has to has to admit that uh, a fetus in the third trimester um, or, or just minutes before birth is no different than that same baby after birth. Like there's nothing magic about the birth canal that turns suddenly turns that fetus into a person, right? So, yeah. So, and yeah, that's an important uh, point that, you know, amazed me actually that Canada technically has legal abortion at any point, right? And so like, yeah, at eight months, babies are being born. And so you I don't think you should really be allowed to destroy or kill, you know, an eight month, um, eight month old fetus because it's in the womb. So that, that is right. quite interesting. Yeah. And so, so, you know, to me, a pro-choicer who says, you know, has to, has to admit at least that, right? That there's nothing magic about the birth canal that a baby, uh, you know, a fetus minutes before birth is no appreciably no different than uh, a newborn baby, right? Mm. And and so then you you take it back from there. And at what point is it no longer a person, right? That that's ultimately what this comes to. This isn't about it, this isn't about woman's choice. This is about um, about whether that fetus is a person or not because we don't have the choice to kill another another human right i mean so so you know <laughs> pro-choicers generally aren't pro-infanticide like they, they they wouldn't say that yeah i can strangle my baby if i if i don't want it anymore and right you know like even though that baby is hard on mom and dad's body both of their bodies right like dad mm. has to go work mom has to breastfeed has to constantly attend to its need constantly give up sleep like you know having had a few kids it is hard on, on the body much harder on the woman's body but we don't say that after the baby's born that because it's hard on the body my body my choice I can now neglect that baby I don't have to do anything with it I can strangle it I can so so I, that that doesn't necessarily hold water with me when it comes to uh before birth either right but, yeah and I I think it's an important thing that they also say, like, 
it's not just nine months, right? Abortion is uh, allowed because it's, you know, 18 years, 19 years of someone's life. Um, right. So it's, now, it's, now the, that distinction, to be fair, though, is that after the baby's born, um, I can I can give up custody of it. Right. Like I can transfer custody to someone else. Uh, so that's the caveat, right? Like I can abandon custodianship of that baby once mm. I found another custodian for that baby. So I can give it up for adoption. I can give it to my, you know, parents or I, I, as long as I, yeah. I, I don't kill that baby. Right. But, but abortion is a special case because the only way to evict or, or give up custodianship is to dismember and kill, um, that, that baby. Right. So let's take it now to the other side. And the issue I have with with the pro-life side, um, first of all, this idea that that um, that life right after conception, like the moment of conception, that blastocyst, that that life there is the same as a third trimester fetus is difficult for me to <laughs> to grasp. Now, I get the picture where at what point do you do? Do you say that that is a person? And I don't have a solid answer. Yeah, uh, I guess the idea that. from the po the like the hardcore pro life movement is that it's like an acorn or whatever, right? Like it is still going to be a person, right? right. So by killing well, but, it, but, but but my sperm is an acorn by that standard, right? So mm. so in order for that blastocyst to become you or I, a lot of time and energy has to be put into it to make it develop, right? So it has yeah. to implant into your uterus. I have to, you have to feed it all these nutrients. Um, most of them get flushed out. Like most uh, fertilized eggs are uh, spontaneously aborted anyways, right? They don't survive. So just, mm -hmm. you know, you could almost say that the act of reproduction uh, kills a lot, of, <laughs> uh, a lot of people then if you're calling that a baby, right? But, yeah. but what, why is it the moment of conception? Why can't I say that also about my sperm? Like if a, enough work is put into my sperm, if someone, if we can join an egg to it, then we can, then it will eventually become a human being, right? So yeah. why is it the moment of conception? And in fact, actually, you know, my understanding is in, in um, Orthodox, I, I, maybe it's, I, I'm trying to remember, there's a sect of Judaism where, um, where not having sex uh, when the woman's ovulating is is considered a sin. You know, it's it's on the spectrum of abortion because you're not, you know, that that you're commanded to go forth. So, mm. you know, you know, Richard Dawkins even said this once: like with cloning technology, skin cells can become uh, human beings. Like they can become full blown human beings. So you could say that that individual skin cell is a human life. And so when I scratch my nose, well, I just committed genocide or yeah. something like that. Right now, here's another thought experiment. If, if you're not buying me here, um, yeah. let's say there there's a build or let's go to in vitro fertilization. Right. So uh, you take eggs in sperm mix them together in a tube i, I don't know exactly if that's yeah you works, implant but... like you they tend to implant like three or four already um whatever sperm right. in so, egg combos whatever it is right so that's so so they'll take a few now if you don't use one of those fertilized eggs or uh, yeah. fertilized ovums or whatever they are um and you throw that throw one of them out is that the same as dismembering a three uh third trimester uh fetus um yeah 
right? So if, so. If, if we're saying if we're saying that the moment of conception, you know, when that firm touches that egg, and by the way, at what point? Because conception doesn't just happen like that. There's a process, right? Wherein mm. the DNA and and it's a it, it's a continuum in and of itself. So even saying conception is kind of a slippery slope. You can't pinpoint a specific point in that continuum where so so this is the problem i have so if we say moment of conception then we have to look at that egg in that test tube as the same as a third trimester baby as the same as as my little toddler running around and um and i i just can't buy that i can't sit you know and, and in fact um in vitro fertilization they they throw away a lot of these ovum fertilized ovums right um, so is should in vitro fertilization be abolished because it results in dead babies? Mm. Um, I, I can't get there. I've had friends who have had difficult difficulty reproducing, um, who have gone that route and, and it's worked for them. And I mean, people should be, I mean, the, the, the purpose here is to support life, to bring life into the world. And if in vitro fertilization can help, uh, couples facing reproductive difficulties do that. I, I think they should be able to do that, even though it results in discarded or spontaneously aborted uh, ovums. Um, yeah. And, so I think and, it's quite difficult. Like this is the conversation that we need to be having as you know Western society society generally. That where is the like scientifically how are we going to define right. this? And it's you know it's unfortunate that no one's willing to actually have that conversation. Um, because I agree, right? Like the thought I was having previously was if you induce labor and it's alive, then it's alive. If it's not alive, it's not alive, right? Um, that kind of thing. Um, you know, at some point, or, or even just looking at, at what rate of premature birth is it statistically likely to live, right? right. Um, like there are starting points at least. Um, yep. But yep. It, it really seems that any questioning of abortion writ large is anti-woman that's the that's the labeling and then on the other side it's yeah any allowance of abortion at all is complete you know infant side or or whatever yeah um, and, and and i'll i'll tell you i'll even go further right as a paramedic i've delivered babies in the field and i've delivered premature babies as well right so um i remember once delivering a uh, 21 week gestation uh baby um, got there actually the baby had delivered I thought it was uh, a miscarriage but here's this little life struggling to breathe and moving right and it's tiny like it li literally fit in my palm and I mean none of our equipment fits this but I, so you know tempted to resuscitate this little life uh, it died it was it wasn't viable um, and you know it raises ethical questions too. Then about what is my what types of measures do I take as a healthcare provider? Like, had that been a full term baby, um, you know, maybe the the medical system would have put more energy into trying to keep it alive. But it was like it was under the age of viability. Didn't want to give up on it. So tried, but, you know, probably would have tried a lot harder had it been uh, a viable full-term uh, fetus. 
Um, yeah. You know, I, and I've had others, you know, I, I remember once an 18 or 19 week gestation, uh, you know, mom births this, we get there and she had just birthed a, uh, her, her baby, but it was still in the, in the placenta or, or sorry, in the, um, the amniotic, amniotic sac. sac. So yeah. it was in the sac. Uh, wasn't moving. Okay. <laughs> now what do I do? Like, the, you know, do you open up the sack and try to pull it out of there and, and resuscitate it? Or do you consider it a miscarriage and a spontaneous abortion? Yeah. You know, obviously if it were a baby, like a full-term baby, you do whatever you can to resuscitate it. But this thing yeah. didn't strike me as a baby yet, right? Like it, it wasn't something that I was going to rip that thing open and try to resuscitate it because I knew it it wasn't viable. So yeah, you know, this it's is just this such is... a complex issue. And these are the types of things that we as a society need to be figuring out, right? Like, because it's not just your knowledge or background or my knowledge or background, we need to bring in people from all different areas to actually try and figure these issues out, because these are right. the complex moral issues of our time. It is. Yeah. And so let's go through some different ways of looking at this now, right? So um <laughs> You'll notice, dear listener, that I haven't suggested a libertarian policy on this just yet, right? And, <laughs> and part of the, the rationale behind this podcast is to let you into the brain of a libertarian, uh, and specifically a libertarian politician who's trying to come up with a platform here um, on this issue. Um, so so there, I, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Walter Block. Dr. Walter Block came up with what he called the third way compromise, the principled compromise, he said. Okay. Right? So, so he, he says you can evict, but you can't kill, right? So yeah. we're considering that baby's or that mother's womb private property, uh, just like you would consider your house private property. Or you, you can evict a trespasser but you can't kill a trespasser, right? Like if your yeah. guest overstays their welcome, you can show them the door, but you can't murder them and say, I'm done with you, stab, right? Yeah. So so that's his thing. So I'm not sure how much that solves. And the other thing he, he claimed or says, posits, is that life begins at conception, right? Now, I heard him on a podcast the other day uh, debating with Dave Smith and, and Avins O'Brien, and uh, Dave Smith said, well, Okay, first of all, uh, you brought that guest in. You invited that guest into your home, right? And so you're responsible for that guest being there. Walter took umbrage with that. He said, no, um, you know, you deposited some sperm and, you know, it took some time for that sperm to, so so there was no child. The child arrived there. You know, I, I don't really buy that. I think you bought, I, I think you're responsible you know, like if I take you, David, and use a shrink ray and put you in my belly, um, I'm responsible for putting you there right now. I have yeah. some obligation to deliver you uh, to the back out. You yeah. know, I, like I can't just kill you. You know, I'd be guilty of murder if, if yeah. I then aborted you. Right. And yeah. dismembered you and remo to remove you from my body. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think and Walt the. The general like at overall apathetic approach to it doesn't really work because there are some people, both men and women, who get extremely attached to their five-month-old fetus in a stomach, right? And that's right. they have a huge emotional attachment. Some people sure. will cremate or or have a burial ceremony. Absolutely. And, and so like to say that it is just a, a nothing, 
um, right. for it, like writ large is, is incorrect as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's Walter Block's evictionism. You can evict, uh, but you can't kill. And he says, he makes the point that, you know, eventually uh, technology will allow you to do that. Like, you know, so for example, um, any woman who they're women, and I'm not sure if this is the case in Canada, but I know in the States, if you are in your third trimester and you request and want an abortion in the jurisdictions where it's legal to get a third trimester abortion, I think there's only about five doctors in the U S that do it, even though it's legal. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if there's any in Canada that would do it, even though it's legal. Um, yeah. but what they, they do most of the time is, uh, is they do a C-section and do an early delivery and take that baby out, right? Alive. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's an example of Walter Locke's evictionism in action. It's like, yeah. okay, uh, if you, if there, we have no other choice, uh, but to evict this baby, we're going to do it, but we're going to, we're going to do a C-section. We're not going to dismember it in your, in your womb. Right. So, yeah. You know, why would you wait till eight months to decide you wanted to abort your pregnancy? I don't know, but um, you know th that calls a lot of things into question. Well, and now, I think the that's kind of the natural, like just from thinking about it as logically and rationally right. as I could. That's the conclusion that I had come to as well. Uh, some hybrid like that, right. but I do want to press, like, you know, it is legal in Canada to get an abortion in the third trimester, and, and in some places in the states, like you said, and that's often like used as you know the 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 biggest ghoul like oh my god we're dismembering you know eight month old babies or whatever yeah. eight month gestated babies um but it's really like that's not a large amount of people right most people aren't getting third trimester abortions but um you know and so it's important to note that but i also think it's still well, worth and, discussing and, and that the legality medical. of the Right. Yeah. So, so even though it's legal, I, I don't think it's ever done except in a medical emergency where the mom's life is at risk or something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because doctors won't do it and yeah. most people won't do it. So even though there's not a law against it, um, that doesn't mean that it, it it's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I want to talk, I want to go back to uh, blocks evictionism and how it doesn't necessarily solve anything even even if we come up with a technology that will allow us to remove that that um, that human life right after the moment of conception, right? Evict but not kill. Yeah. Well, then it still denotes an obligation of some for someone to keep that life alive. Whose obligation is it to keep alive? We need a custodian on the other end, right? And the who, state, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and how many you know pro-lifers are going to gather ovums from um you know from in vitro fertilization clinics and and put them in artificial wombs or or go through heroic me measures to to try to keep that life alive I, well and that's actually a point i really want to touch on because you know it's often when when we think of you know people offloading their duty to the state um you know we often think of left-wing people um but for this example, it's actually, you know, if there's all of these pro-life people who really want to um, prevent abortion, uh, rather than trying to make it illegal through force, why don't they set up organized, like, it, it, they, why don't they set up organizations that, oh, if you're pregnant and you're thinking about having a, an abortion, instead, we'll pay all expenses for you to live a year in luxury, right? right? Like, we really care about that life. 
it's not that thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars for a life. You know, if they have the wealth to do that, why, why not, right? And so, if if conservative, if, if pro lifers would have more tended to be a left wing thing, they'd put government programs that would do that, right? Um, but you know, right wing people tend to be anti government, but you could still have private organizations that have instead of fire and brimstone, you're going to hell if you kill this baby. Um, oh, actually, like I, we'd rather you didn't abort, um, and we'll we'll send you to Mexico for for a year, all expenses paid, <laughs> right, uh, right. just to be pregnant, um, and then we'll take care of the baby after that as well, right? Uh, yeah. Like there are other solutions. Um, as well, but absolutely. Well, so I just and, wanted to and, kind and, of highlight and, and that. I think it's important to uh, to to understand and know that pro life people aren't just anti abortion, right? They they they're not just out there protesting mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to shame people and all all that kind of stuff. There is that element of it, but there's a good chunk of them that are offering support, right, to mm-hmm. to women and and whatever support they need to bring that term and love. And we'll find, you know, uh, parents for the child and we'll help you out. And, and we, we just really want to help you bring that baby to term, right? So, so I guess that's it, just I, not the image that many, most no, people have, right? It's not, much more no. the, you know, yeah, It's always angry. The, the most extreme image, right? And this is yeah. the problem with society right now. Like, the, I think that most pro-choicers don't believe that, don't like the idea of a third trimester abortion. I think it disgusts them. Most of the pro-choicers that I talk to think that that's disgusting. Um, they just think that, look, between, you know, you can't deny that pregnancy irreparably changes a woman's body, right? Yeah. And so even if she made some bad choice and, and is responsible for that human life being there, well, we have to respect her property rights and say that she has to be able to evict. I mean, the, the, that human life is causing irreparable changes and damage to her body. And yeah, it sucks, especially in the third trimester. I mean, it's close to infanticide, if not infanticide, but look, we have to do it if, uh, you know, because ultimately that, you know, that woman, like it it would be like, I attach myself with an umbilical to an incapacitated person to try to keep them alive. Right. At, At what point can I pull that, umbilical cord if that's the only thing keeping them alive what if the only way to keep them to to detach was to actually physically murder the guy like to stab him through the heart right it would be disgusting and terrible but maybe it's maybe i should be allowed to do that because i shouldn't have an obligation for the next nine months to keep that thing attached and and i can see that point so i think that 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 both sides are uncharitable to each other when it comes to viewing you know one side looks at the other as baby murders the other side looks at the other as a bunch of um authoritarians who want to control women's wombs and and i think neither of those is is probably the case right and but but politics divides um and but so here, what's the libertarian like what is our uh, midway solution because right. you know fundamentally libertarian values would seem to be yeah it's your body you do what you want with it but there at some point there's a second human at some point Yep. Um, absolutely. Well, okay. So here's the way I think about it. I, you know, so I, I would consider myself, you know, if I had to fit in a category, I'd probably be pro-life. Um, I don't begrudge people that call themselves pro-choice. I don't think they're the monsters that most pro-lifers, uh, paint them out to be. Um, but 
I, I am skeptical that there's a government solution to this. This is kind of like legislating, you know, so, so every law that we pass is a death threat, right? It, it, we have to be willing to escalate force up to the point where that person is dead. So let's imagine, let's take the doctor out of the picture for a second and just say that technology exists for a mom to abort that, um, that fetus at any point during the pregnancy. At what point, at how do we use force protectively here? How do we escalate force up to the point of death? Well, we can't, we can't, you know, if that if you kill is, the mother, the baby's dead. The anyway. baby's dead. Anyway. It's, this is like a hostage situation and you can't yeah. legislate how, uh, how to respond to a hostage situation. You, you might be able to legislate what kind of punishment happens after that baby's already dead, but that doesn't protect baby in yeah. the here and now necessarily. Right. So I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, when, when I think of a law, I, I want a law, I, I, I always think of protective force. How can I use force protectively with this law to stop, to protect an individual right? And mm. you can't protect that right um, after the fact, after the baby's dead. You know, all you can do is punish. And I, I'm not, you know, so so I, I'm sympathetic to, to, to those laws. But here's the, the third way and the best thing that I... I can think of, right? And that is, um, let, let's remove all the, the psychosocial conditions that lead to unwanted pregnancies, right? So giant welfare state, um, you know, th th there is an attack on the family, uh, right? That the state has replaced uh, the man as, as spouse. And, and so, you know, family law, for example, is, is skewed towards um, you, viewing males as resource objects, right? So mm. it, it's very easy for, uh, you know, if a woman isn't feeling the love, <laughs> she can just walk away and yeah. the man is paying, right? And so, um, you know, the, I know we all have, uh, have, have seen women and men who go through divorce, uh, who become very kind of promiscuous and, and, you know, have that free love phase, right? Yeah. Well, you know, that that is the kind of thing that leads to unwanted pregnancies. Um, so I get like a, an important thing is like the U.S., a lot of the places where they're anti-abortion, they're also anti-contraception. Um, like I right. think there is a whole other issue around the promiscuity of young people generally and, and older people as well. But contraception is an important thing, right? We have to deal with Absolutely. the fact that there's a lot of promiscuity. Um, and so those are important measures, uh, you know, and also proper sex education, right? Right. right. Um, yeah, there's and, so and, and, many other factors to, to yeah. prevent uh, abortion. And, and, yeah. And so I guess my point is that, that I think a libertarian society, even though all sorts of vice would be allowed, I mean, you'd be able to... to hire prostitutes, you'd be able to snort hook, snort cocaine off a prostitute's butt if you, if you so desired. Yeah. Um, but even though all that stuff is allowed, because you're relying on your neighbors um, as your social safety, your safety net, rather than a giant state, you tend to behave <laughs> better, right? So I think a libertarian society tends to, to result and, and, in more socially conservative, I guess, behavior, right? Where you are now committed as husband and wife because the state is no longer intertwined in marriage. So, so the state is no longer issuing marriage 
permits permitting you to get married, David. Now you actually have to think about, okay, what does this relationship look like? What does this commitment look like? What does this contract look like? Who gets the kids in the event that this contract is breached by infidelity or this or that? Um, how, How are things apportioned, right? All this stuff is thought of ahead of time. And and there are consequences for breaking that contract, just like any other contract. Right now, there's zero consequences for b- breaking a contract other than the man is now, a, a, you know, a slave for the next, you know, 10 to 18 years of his yeah. life kind of thing. Right. And and funding whatever lifestyle that woman wants, essentially. So so that's one thing. So and, and the other thing that, that needs to happen is you touched on it before. Uh, we need to be able to pay these women to to bring their babies to term, right? So private adoption. I should be able to pay a woman, you know, fifty thousand dollars to have that baby, and and I'll take it off your hands because my wife and I are having difficulty conceiving, right? Yeah. And in fact, I, I did a call just the other day to um, a, a woman who, like, she we delivered twins on scene. She was a, turns out she was a surrogate mom carrying these twins for someone else. And my understanding is Canadian law, it's illegal for those Her parents to, to yeah. pay that surrogate. That is insane to me. She is yeah. irreparably changing. But now I'm sure there was some kind of under the table thing going on. Yeah, There would have to be, right? I mean, otherwise, what incentive would there be for this woman to bring to, like, no one loves yeah. their friends that much that they would birth twins for them and, like, have stretch marks and, like, irreparably yeah. d- damage and change them all. Like, that's that's a lot of love. But, yeah. um you know, so so we need to make that stuff available to women. So if, if a woman does make a mistake, have an unwanted pregnancy, people need to be able to say, listen, I want that baby. I'll love it. I'll take care of it. And I'll, I'll pay all your expenses and then some for you to deliver that to terms. So we need to privatize adoption. We need to open up the market for babies, quite frankly, even though yeah. it sounds kind of horrendous. But um you know, so so those would I, be my approaches. Like, let's get rid of these psychosocial conditions that create promiscuity and unwanted pregnancy, and let's open up the market to uh, private adoption and and selling babies. Quite frankly, and yeah. bringing these babies to term, I think that would solve a good chunk of the the unwanted pregnancies and would take care of abortion without ever having to point guns at pregnant women. And I think another important point is that, you know, let's say the state has unlimited money, they're willing to spend as much of it on legal abortion in most provinces, right? So that's them paying, you know, you want, it's the e- it's so easy for a woman to go get an abortion for free, right? And right. so that is another thing that, you know, I think it's interesting that there's a lot of people who say they don't want their tax dollars being spent on abortion because they disagree with it. And then a response is, well, there's lots of tax dollars that are spent on things lots of people don't like. And right. And then that's just an acceptable answer to people. Right? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, shrinking the state generally, like I even as a first step, you don't have to make abortion illegal, but you don't have to have it unlimitedly funded uh, right. for anyone anytime. Right. If people want to pay for it, if people want private um, institutions that provide it as well, you have at least a balance of services instead of one end being unlimited and free in most provinces and the other end being, you know, illegal in some cases you can't get paid to you know bring the baby to term for someone else and that kind of thing absolutely Um, 